0: Hello, catfish people. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I'm Dieter Melhorn. Hope you're having a great day, whatever day it is uh, that you happen to be listening. Uh, hopefully, you came across this podcast as a subscriber uh, to the channel and a follower. But if you're new, welcome. Um, I do this podcast kind of covering a wide range of fishing. A lot of it, though, for you new folks, is in the catfish world, striper world, crappie world, freshwater. Not really a big bass fishing channel, but uh, I do talk a lot about the just fishing world, fishing lifestyle, because that's the lifestyle that I live. Uh, if you want to check out some more of my content, I've got a YouTube channel uh, that's got a bunch of fishing videos i'm well over 300 videos now uh that's obviously on youtube Deter millhorn fishing same title just on youtube and i've also got a facebook page Deter millhorn fishing where i do a lot of updates and stuff on there with uh fishing content and stuff related to this also post up a link to the podcast on there uh so depending on how you stumbled across this uh this podcast whether you found it searching or it was just something that was recommended to you uh, if you ever have trouble getting back to it just go to my website com. I've got links to the podcast the youtube channel uh, and there's also contact information on there for me so if you have a comment suggestion idea anything about the channel the podcast feel free to, feel free to reach out to me I hear from people regularly uh, that have ideas, suggestions, uh, you know, comments, ideas, and I love getting feedback on it. Um, it's kind of difficult in the podcast world to get feedback because this is available in a lot of different places. It's not just uh, where it's hosted at, which is on Anchor, but you can listen to it on Google, iTunes, a bunch of different places. So getting feedback can be kind of tough. Just go to my website, DieterMillHornFishing.com, leave your comments there and uh, a lot of other good useful information on there so welcome i appreciate you dropping by today's topic uh we're just gonna talk about fishing boats a little bit and i know there's a wide range of fishing boats out there and this is really kind of designed for people that are maybe new like a lot of my stuff uh it's designed for people who are Learning, wanting to learn more about fishing, the fishing lifestyle, getting outdoors, uh, getting a boat, whatever. And this isn't like super advanced in detail on the different boats. I going to go over some things because I've seen some of this talked about and asked about online in some of the Facebook groups about getting a boat, getting a first boat. And every one of us who has a boat bought a first one. And, uh, you know, you learn stuff along the way and it varies greatly with the type of fishing that you're doing. Uh, and I'm just going to go over some of the things uh, that I suggest to people and stuff for them to consider. Now I doubt there's many bass fishermen uh, out there listening to this podcast or seriously into bass fishing and I'm not going to go too much into bass fishing but I'm going to touch on it because for a lot of people that is what they see as a fishing boat uh they see a bass boat because you see them on tv and that's what you see people fishing off of and you think well that's the only boat to fish off of is a bass boat and a bass boat that platform has a specific purpose and it's designed the way it is designed uh for a couple of reasons uh first and foremost it is designed that way to be able to cast off of continuously Uh, The way bass fishermen fish, uh, generally speaking, outside of drop shotting, is they're casting continuously. Hundreds, thousands of casts in a day of fishing. And uh, by design, it's pretty much open all the way around. Even down to the trolling motors are very low profile, very low rise up off the deck. So that depending on how you're casting, casting underneath stuff, around limbs, under docks, you've got a lot of room to move and get stuff around the consoles on them very low very low profile uh for this exact reason so that nothing gets in the way now uh second reason uh they're designed this way is they go fast because in a fishing tournament uh you can't catch fish if your boat doesn't go fast plain and simple i'm being funny but Uh, in all seriousness bass fishermen usually want to cover a lot of water and the faster you can cover, cover water the better off you are because you've got a finite amount of time during a tournament to fish so they run fast uh 40 50 60 70 sometimes 80 miles an hour so that is the reason they are designed the way they are designed and set up the way they are set up Uh, the downsides to this type platform is it is not designed for really more than two people Uh, anything more than that is a pain in the butt to travel them around Uh, it is not really designed for sitting and fishing now to a certain extent you can put seats on the front of them and on to the back deck and uh, kind of a as a, I call it a butt rest, but that's about all you're going to get out of these seats. Now, some of the other drawbacks of this platform, one is the cost. Uh, they can generally be pretty expensive. Uh, the, uh, uh, they're expensive, uh, and they get more and more expensive. Uh, they've got most of them have are designed with larger motors. Uh, you know, the whole designs are expensive. Uh, just everything about them is going to cost you a lot of money. So. They have good points. They have bad points. For somebody who is not trying to be a bass fisherman specifically, they're probably a bad choice for boats. If all you want to do is bass fish, maybe do some crappie fishing. You can get by with this boat. You can rig them for crappie fishing to make it work, but you're going to be doing a lot of drilling and everything else in there to get rod holders and everything in place. It's a compromised boat basically bass boats are designed for that bass fishing and anything else is a compromise. and that's where some of these other fishing platforms come in uh, and are much more well suited uh, usually the one that most people end up going with on their first boat uh, and this is usually a compromise because the wife uh is is wanting something she can go out on and have a good time also so you're into this compromise position uh yeah i'm mean, gonna get a boat i'm gonna i'll do this i'll do anything to get a boat and you get a pontoon boat uh, pontoon boats are very family friendly they're big they're roomy they got patio furniture mama can lay out on the front of it with her friends uh dad can fish off of it uh you're out on the water it's safe uh you know, it's got rails. If you've got kids, harder for them to fall in the water. It's a good compromise. Uh, it, it's a it's a good way to get out on the water. Uh, like I said, they're big, plenty of room. It is like fishing off of a little bitty pier. Uh, my first boat was a pontoon. Same thing, compromise. You know, wife said, yeah, let's get one. You know, what are you going to get? And uh, and I'll be honest, I really didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know that much about boats when I got it. Uh, I figured it was a good, good way to go. Uh, and... They are. They're relatively affordable. Uh, They're usually in a price range uh, that the price point to get into them is fairly low. And uh, now you can go high dollar on them. There are some high dollar pontoons out there that are like little bitty uh, houseboats. Also, the bigger the motor you put, the more expensive it's going to be. And that's going to be something that's going to be true across any of these fishing platforms. Bigger the motor, higher the cost. That drives the cost up probably more than anything uh the downside to pontoons is one they're for a novice fisherman a novice boat owner they're a little bit unwieldy as far as um, handling uh, as far as getting them off the trailer pretty easy getting them on the trailer not so much. Uh, it's a little bit of a wrestling match as far as getting them on To you kind of figure out the system for doing it. And if you're a weekend warrior, you're not going to have that many attempts to get it on, so you're going to be struggling with it. The other thing is they're big. Uh, once they're on the trailer, they are big. They take up a lot of space. The profile on them is very large. Uh, you definitely feel it when you go down the road. It is like towing a small camper. There's a lot of sides and area on it to catch wind and everything else. Uh, not something I would want to tow around with a small SUV, uh, something with a little more power and a little more control was a better idea. Um, so that's kind of the downsides to them. Fishability's pretty good. Um, the ideal world, I've got a buddy, uh, that is a guy down in South Carolina, Roger Taylor at Catfish on Guide Service has a pontoon that he custom ordered and he did it. If you want one totally for fishing, this is the way I suggest you do it. If you don't buy a used one, he ordered his with none of the patio furniture on it it basically had the console put into the center of the boat and the actual steering command console is in the center of the boat and the rest of it is nothing but railing all the way around the edges had all the furniture taken off of it. amazing amount of room he added some uh chairs on there uh just for sitting down but it is a fishing command center uh A lot of room room for live whales throwing a net uh tournament live whales it's a great way to go you can also do this if you're trying to fish with a uh buying a used boat buying a used pontoon which there's a lot of them around they're very affordable uh if you feel comfortable doing that gutting all the furniture off of it that's a little more into the advanced level uh buying used boats that's a whole other podcast i want to look for there in the uh, in the used boat world and that may be a good topic for one but um yeah pontoons another one that's a a a good entry-level boat you're just going to have some downsides that might keep you from taking it out as much as you want to now on the cheap end of boats uh, probably the cheapest most affordable easiest to get small low profile easy to store easy to tow easy to launch is a john boat a metal boat a metal john boat these are the ones that uh andy griffith and opie fished out of on the andy griffith show it's the one that's pretty much in you know the the stereotypical old fisherman kind of boat they're metal they're nothing but an aluminum uh hull uh usually with a small motor a lot of times it's what they call a tiller steer where you're basically holding a grip that comes off of the motor and you turn it with your hand in the direction you want it. Some of them have actual consoles uh, and are bigger. Now, john boats run a range from very simple and very affordable for probably ten thousand bucks up to some of the high end catfish and striper john boats like the Sea Arc and some of those that are thirty or forty thousand uh, dollars. You know, they have a console, you know, steering wheel, and, and you know they're they're a lot more uh, of an advanced boat. Uh, but they're very durable. They take a beating. Uh, if you're in an area that has stumps, rocks, that kind of thing, uh, they take a beating. Uh, in a lot of places, depending on the size of them, uh, you can pick these things up and carry them over through super duper shallow water across rocks, something like that. Uh, the lightweight makes them easy to handle. Now, downside is uh, they sink very fast. Uh, they uh, If you take on water, you better have a good bilge pump. There's a uh, Most of the, especially the smaller versions of these things have no flotation in them. So uh, the bigger version, some of the bigger ones, you can get flotation put underneath the floor, which is a wise choice. They put in uh, closed cell foam uh, that basically uh, helps keep the boat afloat if you take on water. Uh, They're more apt to take on water, especially if you get in rough water because of the low sides on them, the low transom and that's one of the downsides to them uh generally speaking they're not a smooth ride either it's a pretty rough ride uh, in most of them they beat the crap out of you storage is limited in the smaller ones so they're really uh, a very good fishing alone utility boat for getting around so that's kind of the uh, high points and low po- points on the john boat now there's the the next kind of phase up i guess you would call it where you start to get into more money are the v-hole fiberglass boats and they're kind of split here a lot most of these are a deep v kind of hull Uh, but there's also some skiffs in the fiberglass category and um, but the whole point on the fiberglass world is a little better ride they look prettier Uh, have a little better looking design to them as far as just aesthetically more pleasing Uh, generally speaking you're going to have a lot more room on them than you are on a bass boat Or on a John boat. Uh, Just because of the floor space and the design of them. Uh, These boats are a little bit bigger now. A lot of these are center consoles. Which is where the console is in the center of the boat. And you have fishing 360 degrees around that. That's the whole purpose in these things. You put a T-top on them. And you're able to fish all the way around the outside of the boat. if you're fishing, especially if you do any saltwater fishing, vertical fishing for stripers or crappie or anything like that, you've got room all the way around the boat to fish without anything getting in your way. Um, My boat is a Skiff. It's a fiberglass boat. It's a Skiff model, which is a little more of a utilitarian boat, uh, not as pretty aesthetically speaking. Uh, but it's got high sides on it, transoms high, very safe boat, very stable boat. Uh, because of the bow design, not the most fun, not the smoothest ride when you get in rough water. Some of the uh, deeper V-hauled fiberglass boats are going to ride a lot better in rough water than mine will. Trade-off is: the more V you've got up on that front end, the more floor space you're going to lose quickly. So, as with anything with these boats, There's a compromise for everything, for everything you gain in one place, you give up something. And, um, there's, there's no real, I think if you're doing one type of fishing, you can pick an ideal boat. If you're wanting to fish different waters, different types of fish, everything becomes a compromise. And, uh, it's just a trade off for any of these different platforms. Fiberglass ride well, uh, hold their value. Well, uh, Like I said, they look good, generally have pretty decent storage on them, Uh, and they're going to be in the mid to upper, well, way upper price range. Uh, The Skiff's price point is fairly affordable in the upper teens, 20s to get into it, Uh, but the sky's the limit after that. Uh, The price just keeps going up and up and up, so a wide range of boats, and all of these types of boats are, if you ever want to look at these things, go to a Cabela's or a Bass Pro Shop. They're going to have uh, a range of these boats to look at. Now, whether you buy them there or not, that's up to you. But they will have a selection of John boats. They usually have some pontoon boats. Uh, they'll have some fiberglass boats. Uh, they Bass Pro Shop owns a lot of different boat brands. And Tracker and Mako, they're all on them. They are all uh, different levels of these boats. Uh, it may or not, may not be where you want to buy a boat. But it's a great place to go look at a lot of this different stuff and get an idea of what they look like. You know, get on them, walk around on them, see how much room you got, and then from there you can make the decision of whether you want to buy the boat from them or go with some other brands out there. There's a lot of brands out there, a lot of variation in price, um, and just you know, a lot of variant in options on these boats. I mean, stuff just varies from one to another, and. It becomes a uh, very personal uh, and a lot of times emotional decision on what you buy and what you go with. So that's kind of the range on everything. There's also another class of deep V big boats that's kind of a in-between. And this is something that's probably a little more for the advanced fisherman. This is probably not the boat you're going to buy. But some of these big metal river boats, as I call them, these uh, Northwest uh, U.S boats is where these things originate and up on the great lakes they're metal boats metal hulls, uh, but they're kind of a deep v big boat uh, a lot of them have uh i mean they're really really nice boats they're a little more advanced they're bigger they're heavier they're made for rough rough conditions rough water uh but also the price point the entry point on these things is sixty thousand and up to get into a new boat and uh, that's a whole nother like hull design look that's probably a little more into the advanced stage. Uh, these basic ones, pontoon, john boat, uh, a fiberglass, and a bass boat, are your major categories pretty much. Those are kind of the the, the big ones that you're going to encounter uh, in most of your places that you're going to be looking for a boat. And from there. It's kind of becomes very individual in what you go with and what you use. Uh, I've kind of went over the upsides and the downsides to all of them. All of them are going to have positives and negatives. Um, And you need to make sure you have that in your head that uh, they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to, they're not, you know, you're not going to find that perfect boat unless you're only doing one type of fishing. So you'll always be going, man, I want this. I want this. I wish it would go faster. I wish I had more room. It's a compromise. And, Once you kind of wrap your head around that and get okay with it, make a decision, buy one. Whatever you buy, you're going to love it. Just remember the old saying, boat is not a word, but it's an acronym for Break Out Another Thousand or Break Out Another Twenty, B-O-A-T. And uh, that's one thing to remember. Second thing is, the two happiest days in a boat owner's life is the day they buy it and the day they sell it so there you go i'm gonna leave you on a negative note that's terrible No people say that it is true uh when you first get a boat you'll love it and then when it comes time to sell it and you finally sell it because selling a boat can turn into be a pain in the butt a lot of times between phone calls and questions and people looking and then wanting to drive and blah, blah, blah. so uh so yeah happiest two days the day you buy it and the day you sell it but get a boat. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, life is different once you have a boat. Uh, life, your your enjoyment, your family time, your you time is at a different level once you have a boat. So find one, pick one. Winter time's a good time. I'm taping this thing coming into Christmas. This is the time to buy boats. Uh, there's a lot of them being sold right now on the used market. Uh, and boat dealers are looking to unload them because nobody wants to buy a boat this time of year. Nobody's thinking about it it's the last thing on their mind. So uh, you can finagle some good deals this time of the year if you're really serious about uh, getting into a boat and getting one. So hopefully that gives you some good stuff to think about. I'm Dieter Melhorn. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Be sure to go to uh, com to get all the info and contact information uh, and check out all my YouTube videos. And until next time, we'll catch you on the water.